Hey brokers, it's Mark Summers, president of AIM. I'm excited to announce that I will be the new host of AIM's podcast, Broker to Broker. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators, just like me. Download today, available on Spotify, Apple Music, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Longbridge Financial. Longbridge Financial is your reverse mortgage lender. As a committed AIM partner, Longbridge Financial works with brokers of all experience levels in supporting borrowers' needs. Not connected yet? Email us at partnerships at aimgroup.com to get connected. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Broker to Broker podcast. My name is Mark Summers. I am the president of AIM and your host for season two. I'm extremely excited about uh, today's guest. Uh, if, if you're on any type of social media, especially Facebook, I'm, I'm sure you have heard uh, from this guy before. He's everywhere. Um, anytime I know I post something, he's responding right away, he's the best at it. So today I'll be interviewing a mortgage broker from Nexa Mortgage. And now I'd like to introduce Tom Mancuso. Thanks, Tom. Hi, Mark. How are you? And thank you for having me. Oh, my, my pleasure, dude. How, how, okay. So first off, before we get started here, you know, obviously we're doing these uh, virtually. Um, and as soon as I log in, I look at Tom and him and I are wearing the same exact shirt. It's unreal that we are. It's the it's the it's the blue I love mortgages t-shirt. So I know you're just listening to this on the podcast, but it's also on YouTube. So if you want to go see it, you can definitely go see it. I, I requested a change, but uh Julian, our guy said don't change. This is uh it's too authentic. So we're gonna hop right into it. Uh Tom, give us your background. Let us know how you got into the industry. Yeah, so uh, I don't have your the traditional background. Uh, I never started in retail. I actually started uh, my my work in the finance and sales industry. I worked in the automobile industry, uh, spent a little bit over 10 years as a finance director for General Motors and a group of General Motors dealerships. Um, I, you know, up until about 2008, 2009, I, I worked in the automobile business. And then, uh, unfortunately, I was in a, a really serious motorcycle accident. And my, my life and my career kind of took a, a serious, very serious detour. Um, and so I took about 10 years uh, in just recovery and working in some not the nonprofit uh, industry, uh, working with some, some patients with, that live with disabilities and things like that, uh, really trying to kind of find, find my calling. Uh, as Simon Sinek would say, find my why. I really had to find what what drove me and and really helping and working with others uh, is something that is my passion. Uh, obviously, I've always had a, a knack for sales and finance. And so uh, just kind of combining those two things, I got a call from a former colleague uh, of the car business back in 2019, told me that he started his own mortgage brokerage and wanted me to come work for him. And encouraged me to go get licensed and finally just kind of gave me the push that I needed. Um, but but in reality, you know, that that 10 year detour that I took, uh, I was in a really serious motorcycle accident. I lost my left leg. I'm a left leg amputee. Uh, I suffered a traumatic brain injury. I lost about 90 percent of my memory for over a year. Um, so I really kind of had to start all over in life uh, and, and really needed uh, some some help and some uh, some some others some in my peers in my community to really kind of help guide me and, and find everything from learning to walk again to literally being retaught two plus two uh, in speech therapy in my three month hospital stay uh, and and so my my life took a really tragic turn 
Um, but ultimately, some of the things that kind of pulled me through was meeting with fellow amputees and people that had been in similar situations uh, and finding out how they overcame the challenges and, you know, the different things in life that changed due to a physical disability as well as some serious mental challenges. Um, like literally, I was in a coma for eight days. And when I woke up, I didn't remember my first name. Wow. Um, so it was 100 percent basically starting over. Um, and in that time, you know, you, you start to think the why is me, you know, you start to think you're the victim and, you know, why did this happen to me when the glass is truly half full, you know, it's like I survived. Yeah, these things happened to me, but I survived. Like I'm meant to be here. Um, I need to capitalize on that. Not a lot of people get second chances at life. And so I didn't want to waste this second chance. And so uh, working with others and working with those who are less fortunate and experienced, you know, physical and mental challenges and disabilities uh, kind of really, really honed in on, on what I love so much about, about, you know, life, about helping others, giving people hope. Um, and so fast forward to getting into the mortgage industry, I went to work for a really small broker uh, with a former colleague of mine, a former coworker of mine that he actually left the car business in like 2006. I uh, went to the retail mortgage industry um, and it was always kind of a long time regret that I had. I just wasn't in a financial place where I could kind of live without a check for three to six months to get my mortgage career started. And that's what everybody would, you know, would tell me back in, in the early 2000s. Oh, to go to mortgages, you got you to gotta live for six months with no paycheck. And I just wasn't in the financial you know, state to do that. Um, and so it was kind of capitalizing on a major regret that I had in my life that I, I really let that go. And I, I really you know, let that opportunity go. Um, so when I got that call, it was awesome. It was like, now's the time. You know, you don't get a lot of second chances and I'm getting another second chance. Uh, I'm going to capitalize on it. And so I, I got my license. I went to work at this really small broker. Uh, only like seven, seven other loan officers at the brokerage, all pretty much brand new to the industry, like less than a year in the industry. Um, the broker was, like I said, an old friend. Uh, he tried to help us. We had the branch manager try to help us. I was just really and in, in, in truly, I was so motivated uh, to capitalize on the second chance that I had. Um, and then I found AIM and I found the Brokers Are Better group. Um, and just, I was so shocked at, how many colleagues, like-minded individuals in the broker community, you know, maybe were on a completely different path, maybe spent 20 years in retail and then finally came to the broker side and, you know, learned how to really take care of their consumers and really work uh, on a service-based business. Um, but they were so willing to help others. And I just kind of capitalized on that. The same type of thing happened to me when I lost my leg um, and when I was in my accident when I was released from the hospital, I was really struggling with depression and felt my life was over. I lived in a two-story house and the social worker at the hospital told me that I would never go up my stairs ever again. She told me above the knee amputees can't climb stairs. And I told her, well, excuse me, I have a little wiener dog. I had a dachshund. I said, he's got like four inch legs. If he can like crawl up the stairs, why can't I crawl up the stairs? And she said, oh, you don't want to live like that. And luckily, I'm the type of person, if you tell me no, I want to find out how I can do it. Um, and so that challenged me. That challenged me to prove her wrong. Uh, as much as it challenged me, it, it really was one of those things that, okay, I want to show you that it's possible. And I want to find a way. And so 
the person who made my prosthetic leg at the time knew I was really struggling um, with my recovery, mentally, physically, emotionally, psychologically, you name it. I just, I was stuck to my couch, you know, 20 hours a day, heavily medicated, uh, thinking life's over. I was in shambles physically, a number of broken bones. My left hand was shattered. My left leg was amputated. My right foot was broke. I had three fractured vertebrae in my neck and a brain injury. Um, and so a fellow amputee and his wife came to talk to me uh, one, one Saturday. And this man was an amputee for about seven years, also in a motorcycle accident, and really just kind of gave me the cliff notes of living as an amputee. What he did, how he lived, how he adapted, uh, where he found help, where he found people to give him knowledge to help him, you know, live the life that he wanted. And a couple things I asked him, I said, well, you know, they tell me I can't live up, you know, go up my stairs. I can't sleep on the second story anymore. He goes, well, that's kind of BS. I'll be honest with you. I lived in a second story apartment. I mean, yeah, maybe you got to crawl up on your butt, but you can still go up the stairs. So that's, that's just wrong. And I said, well, you know, I, I, have you ever been back on a motorcycle? He said, yeah, I've been back on a motorcycle, but now I'm married and I don't, I don't want to risk that. You know, we want to start a family. Okay. Like I'm seeing that that's possible. I go, what do you do for a living? Do you have a desk job? He goes, no, we, I have a tile company. I drive a forklift every day. I lay, you know, uh, ceramic tile for people's homes and businesses. And I thought, oh, wow, you, like, you do things physically? And he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, let me tell you something. The limitations that people set for you are all bullshit. All the limitations that you have are all up in your mind. You might have to do things differently. You might have to do them in a longer way. It might take you longer to do them. But ultimately, you can do them. If you want to go up your stairs, yeah, maybe you got to crawl up on your butt. You can still go up your stairs. <clears throat> and it really kind of hit me um, that letting people set limitations for me was totally bullshit. They don't know me. They don't know what I'm capable of. Um, and I'll never forget. I, I looked at his wife and she was a very nice woman. I looked at her. I go, you guys were married before your accident, right? And he goes, oh, no, actually, we just got married like two or three years ago. And I said, oh, I was kind of perplexed because I was single at the time. I thought, you know, hey, besides my business and my career being over, my personal life's over. I'm never going to have a family. I'm never going to you know, have children. I'm never going to be married. And she looked at me and she read me like a book. And she said, just so you know, Tom, good people, especially women, don't care what you look like on the outside. They care the type of person that you are on the inside. And that's what matters. And that really just like hit me, not just for my personal life, but business also. Um, and so coming into the mortgage industry, I used that same mentality. I, I leaned on the people in my community, other brokers, other people who I listened to on this very podcast, this very same podcast. Um, it was like they were speaking to my soul about how they did their business, how they, uh, you know, their career led them to being a broker, how they serve their consumers. And a lot of people, I, I think, would go, oh, I know, but some of these people, 20, 30 years in the business, they're, they're experts in this field. Absolutely. You know, they do know a lot. But one of the most important things is just like our shirts today, Mark, we're, they're authentic. They're real people. Their consumers know about them as people. 
um, they know that they're they're real people, and um, that's really what matters. You know, obviously, any consumer wants someone who's educated and knows what they're doing with their mortgage. But at the same time, they don't want to deal just with the computer system. If they wanted to deal with just a computer system, they would deal with a retail company like you know Quicken or some of these other companies that just have computers and telemarketers. They don't want that. They want to deal with a real person. People will buy from you and they like trust and respect you. And so one of the most important things, I guess, that I've been able to do is be authentic and to let consumers know, you know, hey, I've only been in this business for two years. Um, but while I do have experience in finance, I have a wonderful community of colleagues that have hundreds of years of experience that I can ask if I have help and need help. Besides Nexa, my brokerage, having a thousand loan officers, I have tens of thousands of colleagues in the brokers are better community that I can rely on. And so letting consumers know, you know, that no, I'm not the 30-year mortgage professional. However, this is what I can control. I can control my communication. I can control the time that I spend on your file. I can control how serious that I take the fact that you allow me to help your family buy a new home or refinance your home to better your financial status of your family. I take that personal. Um, and it's not a numbers game to me. That was one of the biggest things that I had to realize was when I went through my motorcycle accident, some medical professionals treat you like a number, some treat you like a person. And same like business, we can treat people like numbers or we can treat them like people and families. And I think that's most important that we understand that we deal with people. This is a people business. And while we do deal with numbers and, and mortgages and finance numbers, um, ultimately we are helping people and we're helping families. And it is an honor that they allow us to do that. There's millions of people in this world that, that could do the same job that we're doing. Maybe not as well as we're doing it, but, but they can do the same job. And so really and truly that same mindset that led me uh, to, to recover after my motorcycle accident Really and truly, I use that same mentality for mortgages. I've only been in it, licensed as a mortgage professional for two years, um, but I want to perfect my craft. I want to be authentic when I talk to consumers. I don't know everything, but I will find the answer. And if I don't know something, I will just be honest with the customer and tell them, you know, I don't know whether the guidelines may have changed or whether because we have a hundred different lenders as a brokerage, um, all these different things that that may lead me to not be 100% sure of my answer. I'm, I want to find out the correct answer for you and your family because ultimately, because you deserve that. Uh, your family deserves that. And I, I want to make sure that that's something that, you know, the consumer understands and the consumer realizes that, that I'm doing that for them. I'm going to find the correct answers no matter what for the consumer. Um, and so really and truly, I use that same mentality uh, to, you know, to help uh, myself in this business. And I, and I use that same mentality basically just to, to help find answers, but also learn from those who are experts in this industry. You know, I don't have 30 years in this industry, like I said, but I do know a lot of people that I can learn from that have years of experience in this industry. I can learn from their failures, from their challenges, uh, and I can see how they've, they've rectified those things. Maybe I don't run my business the exact same way as some of these professionals, but I can learn how they do it and why they run their business that way. And I can implement little things from these people. And so I really leaned on that community to, to help me 
uh, get off to a very good start in this business. But really and truly, you know, being authentic is something that I think makes the most difference. We all make mistakes. Um, and it's people that are so fearful of making mistakes that I think are actually some of the, some of the mistakes right there in themselves. Having that attitude is actually a mistake. That's a problem. Um, you shouldn't be so fearful of making mistakes. You should be so fearful of not trying where you don't make mistakes. Um, it's, you know, Michael Jordan will tell you he's missed way more shots than he's ever made in his entire life and his career. That's the thing. We got to take the shots. We got to get that fear out of our, our emotions. We, we have to try. You know, it's okay to make a mistake. We just have to own up to it. We just have to offer solutions, not excuses. You know, I've had situations where some of the closest people in my life, I've made some mistakes. Um, I had my best friend growing up, his family, his father uh, was buying a house for, for, his, for his wife. And I waited too long to lock the loan. It was in the middle of the pandemic. I was sending it to Flagstar. I just assumed I'd only been in the business for like five months. I assumed, oh, everybody's like UWM. As soon as you lock the loan, you get the CD out the next day and you can start the closing process. Not necessarily with everybody. So I waited to the last minute to lock the rate because the rates were going down a little bit. It was in the middle of COVID. It was March of 2020. And so I locked the loan a day before I needed the CD to go out. And it took them three days to get the CD out. I had a call. My best friends, you know, growing up, his father, he was like the second father to me and tell him we were going to close two days late because I made a mistake. And I had to tell their agent, their family's agent, like a 40 year cowboy, that longtime agent, you know, 40 year real estate agent, in Arizona. I had to tell him I made a mistake. Well, my friend's dad turned around and said, look, I want to thank you. I said, for what? For making you guys close two days late? Like now the seller's all pissed off. He goes, no. I want to thank you because you try to do the right thing for us. I don't care about closing two days late. You made a mistake, but you're trying to do the right thing for us. And that really like hit me deep down. It wasn't just the mistake of closing late. I really did make a mistake because I was trying to do something right for the consumer and get them a little bit better interest rate. Was it the absolute right thing to do? Maybe not. You know, obviously I should have researched and understood how Flagstar did their process before I made that that decision to do things that way. Um, but ultimately, you know, that's what matters, that I owned up to the mistake, I explained why I did it, and, and I was just honest with everybody. It's, it's something that's okay to be human. You know, we are human, we do make mistakes. Um, but ultimately, that the reason why uh, I was trying to do the right thing was to ultimately help the consumer and help that family. Um, and so being authentic doesn't just happen to be with our consumers also. It deals with our colleagues, our coworkers, our title companies, our referral partners, um, our lenders, our, our underwriters. My very first deal with UWM, I'll never forget this, and I told this to Matt Hishbia, the CEO of, of UWM. My, my very first deal couldn't have been a better customer. They're moving from Michigan. The husband had just retired from 35 years at General Motors. I instantly had rapport with them. We worked for the same company. They were buying a second home out in Arizona. Ultimately, they were going to retire in this home. But he took a buyout when he retired from General Motors. He didn't take a pension. He took like a big buyout. So he really didn't have any sources of ongoing monthly income. They just had couple million of millions of dollars in their savings and investment accounts. But UWM, you can use assets for income. 
So I go through, I submit the loan, the underwriter calls me and says, hey, I just wanna let you know, we're about $400 a month short for making the debt to income work for this family. And I said, oh my gosh, I tried to calculate. She goes, well, unfortunately you gotta minus the down payment from their assets. Then we take it and we divide it by 30 years, uh, by 360 payments. And I, I just was crushed. I was absolutely crushed because this family it meant so much to them. They were going to get out of the cold weather. They'd spent their whole lives in Michigan. This man spent 35 years at General Motors and I really was crushed. And the underwriter turned around and said, she goes, but you know what you could do is you have DU selected. You're using the Fannie Mae program. If you switch it to the Freddie program, you only divide the assets by 20 years, by 240 payments. You don't divide it by 360. She goes, and if you do it that way, you'll actually have $800 more than enough income uh, monthly, and I can I can make the approval. I said, uh, okay, well, how do I switch it? She goes, you just tell me right now that you want to switch from DU to LP. I'll switch it, and then I'll issue your approval to you. I literally thought I was like being pumped. I was like looking at the phone, I'm like, are you serious? She goes, oh yeah, I'm serious. And I was like, okay, well, please switch it to LP. Like, please, you know? And I just was honest with her. I didn't know she's helping me make a deal. And this is an underwriter. I'm thinking, where, where does this underwriter come from? You know, but I was just authentic. I was just sincere. I just had talked with this underwriter, trying to put the deal together, find a way to put a deal together, you know, for a very good family. And so it really taught me, you know, being authentic with your coworkers, your colleagues, your referral partners, your underwriters, that matters too. Um, and I think that's something that we as, we as brokers need to realize, you know, we're paid based on service. Our business is all based on the service we provide to our consumers, as well as our referral partners being upfront and honest with them, doing the right thing matters. And I think that's something that I, I've tried to stick with this entire time. Um, it goes both ways too. I, I will tell you, you know, you talk about how I'm all involved in social media and I, I try to, you know, I try to read as many posts on like brokers are better and some, some mortgage groups as possible. I started saving them, you know, I have different categories like the WWTBD, what would Todd Bitter do? The what would Anthony Casa do? I've got one for Brennan McKay. Brennan McKay's is, is Brett Favre's hero, you know, for Brennan McKay. And I'm like, you know, just because there's so much good stuff and I'm like, oh man, I don't need a payoff from Freedom. But if you call for a payoff on Freedom, then they call and try and, you know, get the customer just to refinance with the servicer. So Todd Bitter posted one time how he does the, gets a payoff from Freedom. I saved it because at some point I'm going to get a payoff from Freedom and I don't want them to call and try and you know, steal my customer from me. So I saved that. I'll go back and, and read it at some time. But I want to tell you another story. It goes both ways also. I, I don't like wholesalers, and I'm very upfront and honest about that. I have some personal beliefs about some companies and what they do to consumers as well as what they do to brokers. Um, but, and maybe I'm a little bit too vocal sometimes, maybe I'm a little bit too harsh, um, but a colleague of mine, Joy Francisco, her and her husband have a, a branch at Nexa in El Paso, Texas. She runs the branch. They're both veterans. I highly respect this family, especially Joy. Joy and I were talking one night about, you know, the finance business is known as like the boys club. Um, and there's so many successful women in this industry, but for so long, it's been looked upon, looked upon as just a boys club. And I told her that that's, that's bullshit and that needs to change. 
that there's a lot of douchebags in the finance industry. And so she turned around and told me, I'll never forget this. It was on Facebook. She was DMing me. It was one night. And she said, can I, can I speak freely? Can I speak openly? I thought, sure, absolutely. I, I don't want you to lie to me. And she said, you act like a douchebag sometimes too. And wow. I, I, first I was, I was shocked. Yeah. I told my wife, my wife was there in the room with me. I told my wife what she said. And my wife's expression was the same as yours, Mark. Mark has got this blank stare on his face right now. And a lot of people that know me probably would think I, I would get pissed off when somebody said it to me, but it was the exact opposite. I really valued the fact that she was just being straight with me. She said, sometimes when people post things that you don't like or using a lender you don't like or, or treating a customer in a way that you don't think is right, you kind of come across as a douchebag. She goes, and I know you're not that way. You're not a douchebag. She said, just think about that sometimes before you respond. She said, maybe take just an extra minute and just think about that before you respond so fast. And that really hit me. Like that's being authentic. Like that's just being straight up with someone. She wasn't being mean or vulgar to me. She was literally trying to help me, give me some information of how I could better my, not only my business, but better the, the husband that I am to my wife. Um, the friend that I am to colleagues and friends in this industry. Um, those are things that we have to hear. You know, we need to hear that. But being authentic with each other matters also. Um, I can tell you I've received a couple very early morning messages from Katie Sweeney. I love her to death um, about some things that maybe I've gone a little bit over the line on. But same thing. She's just authentic. You know, she just tells me, hey, maybe next time go about it this way. You know, it's not the, not the, hey, everybody in AIM is, is, you know, upset that you're going crazy. No, I mean, she could have said that, but really and truly, you know, she, she messages me and she, you know, she tells me she values my partnership and, and my support. And that's what, that's what matters. You know, no one's perfect. Um, there is something to be said about making mistakes, overcoming them and turning your life around, not just in our personal lives, but in business also. I will tell you the most most important compliment, the most most the best compliment I can get from a consumer is when they call me and say, "Hey, I'm getting a bunch of advertisements for for VA refinances," and I figure, you know, I'll call my mortgage guy to see if you can do the same deal. You know, that's what matters to me. Those people take ownership. You know, when I introduce, um, you know. When I introduce people, when I introduce Katie Sweeney, Mark, when I introduce you, when I introduce Mike Cordes, you know, Mike Cordes is my CEO. You know, he's our CEO. He's not the CEO. You know, I take ownership of that because these people matter. You know, when I got to Nexa, it was it was like brokers on steroids. It was like, do the right thing for your consumer, do the right thing for your partners, be honest upfront, and let's have a good time and treat everybody like family. And I was like, wow, I can really get behind this. Like, this is, this is what I'm all about. You know, I just want to help people. I have the means to help the most amount of people in the mortgage industry. I love numbers. I love sales. I love explaining to people how I can benefit them and their family. Um, you know, ultimately, that's what this really comes down to is how can we help more consumers? Well, one of the most important things is we can be real with them. They will buy when they like, trust, and respect you. Now, not every consumer knows what I've gone through in my life, certainly not about my accident. Um, there are some customers that know, but they do know that I've lived a life that, you know, I've had some challenges and I've 
overcome those challenges. I haven't done it alone. I've relied on people in my community, my friends, family, uh, mentors, people that I look up to. I've learned as much as possible from those those people to ultimately help more families in my career. Um, and so that's been the biggest thing for me is just networking, um, learning to adapt. You know, the one thing that's certain in life is uncertainty. We're always going to be blindsided by things that we don't expect. Um, all we can adapt. do is pull back. Adapt is like my word for 2021. I mean, really, because I mean, I've always said this before, like the brokers, we're the most adaptive people out there. I've never seen more adaptive people in my entire life. And obviously what you've gone through, I mean, you take that to a whole new level of how you adapt. So I, I love hearing about this. Yeah, you know, and it, trust me, it, if, if you met Tom Mancuso back in 2002, you wouldn't recognize him, not just physically. I did have two legs back then, but 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 uh, emotionally and me as a person. I mean, I was a very successful young man. I was a finance director or a finance manager at 20 years old. Um, I couldn't even I went to my first finance training and everybody was going to have a beer afterwards. And I had to make up an excuse that I had to go home and let my dog out because I couldn't I couldn't go get into the bar. Like right, I would have right. got IDs and they would have told me to go away. And so, um, but, you know, my ego got checked when I was in the hospital, the rehab hospital, a physical therapist was trying to get me to get on a Wii video game to play the Wii Fit video game. There was a little game. It was a penguin that was balancing on an iceberg in the ocean. And now I had a prosthetic leg that weighed 12 pounds, but I was missing about 25 pounds of body weight. So my balance was totally off. And he wanted me to get on this video game to, to mess, you know, to adjust my balance and learn how to do my balance. And I said, look, I'm a finance manager. I don't play video games. And I had this big ego about how I was so much better than this. And the physical therapist looked over at me and said, okay, I'm going to go get some hand weights. We'll do some different exercises. Hey, do me a favor. When that, when that gentleman is done playing the Wii video game, go over and introduce yourself to him. There was an older African-American man that was doing this Wii video game. He was doing this Wii Fit balancing with the penguin. He was an able-bodied person. He had two legs, two arms. Older guy wearing sunglasses and a baseball cap in a, in a rehab hospital at four o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, this guy, he's probably embarrassed. That's why he's got the sunglasses on. He, you know, they're making him play this stupid video game. So the guy gets done, he goes on and sits on a stationary bike. I roll over, I'm in a wheelchair. I can't even walk yet with my prosthetic. So now I have a prosthetic leg, but I'm still stuck in a wheelchair because I, I can't walk. I keep falling down. I don't know how to walk. I go over, I, I reach my hand out. Hi, sir. My name is Tom Mancuso. I just wanted to shake your hand. The man stops pedaling for a second, reaches his hand out. His hand is trembling. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? He introduces himself as Muhammad Ali. No way. And I swear to God. In 2009, he was doing Parkinson's therapy at the rehab hospital that I was at for two months. And I was so shocked, the very same look on your face. I was so shocked. I was like, man, I must be really medicated right now. This is crazy. I, I was like, okay, sir, nice to meet you. And like, I just rolled away, like scared. I was like, holy shit, like how's this is Muhammad Ali. But then I'll never forget that very night, 
I, the physical therapist came back and I was like, that's really Muhammad Ali. He goes, yeah, I'm his physical therapist. He has, you know, he comes here for Parkinson's therapy. And I said, wow. And so I got to know that physical therapist much more because he was my physical therapist for two more months. But I laid awake at night in my hospital bed where I used to lay awake and think life's over. And, you know, why did, why didn't I, why didn't I just die? Why did I survive? And I realized this is the man with the, probably the biggest ego in history one of the best, if not if certainly the best boxer of all time in history. And if he can suck up his ego for a second and listen to these therapists and these doctors and take the advice from them because he knows they're experts in their field, I need to do the same thing. I'm no better than that man. If anything, that man is, is you know, a historic figure. If he can listen to them and he can learn from them, I need to do the same thing. I need to suck it up. And so, that was a turning point for me while I was in the hospital. And just the support that I received from others. I, I never really spoke to Muhammad Ali, but I saw that man several times. And that man would see me walk by. I had fallen out of the hospital bed. I was missing my top front teeth. I was in shambles. All my friends would come look at me and they were shocked at, at how I looked. But that man would see me in therapy every day doing stupid little exercises. And he would raise his fist up like, you go get him, champ. And that made the world of difference for me. Just to have someone support like that really just, just gave me so much, it gave me so much energy to try and do better and get out of that hole that I was in. And so that's the same thing. Like a lot of people tell me, man, you're so supportive to, to me. Everything I post and, you know, the challenges I have or the homes that I sell or the, the mortgages I do, you're so supportive. You always say congratulations. Absolutely. Because when I joined this industry, I couldn't really help everybody with all these mortgage questions. And I didn't have all the answers, but I could be supportive. I could be that person to always be in somebody's corner. And I could be supportive to others. If that was all I could do, I was going to do the best that I could at that. And so that's the other thing this community has given me, just support. Just to know that I have like thousands of friends, some I've never even met in person, that are literally a phone call, a DM, a text away, there's a group of maybe 10 or 15 brokers that I talk to every day that I don't even know if they know, but man, the all of them I look up to, they're all like mentors and heroes to me. And so just to have their, their partnership, their friendship, their support means the world to me. And just, it really has shown me that anything is possible. You know, I'm an all or nothing person. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way 100%. Um, and I think that that's something that I find most appealing in others is the passion that they have for success, passion to help others, passion to help this industry grow, um, passion to take care of our consumers. You know, when I, when I interview people to come work at my branch or come work at Nexa or come to the broker world, maybe they're going to go start their own brokerage. I want a zealot. I don't want a mercenary. Um, and that's funny to me because I used to act like a mercenary, I guess, but I want somebody who wants to do it the right reason for, for people to do the right thing in life. You know, there are just things that are black and white and to do the right thing matters. Um, it may not be the right thing for our business. It may not be the right thing for our commission check at the time, but doing the right thing matters. Absolutely. Um, and I think that, I, I think all of us uh, have the honor to do things and help families uh, so it's on us to always do the right thing. 
And I think that that's something the most thing I've taken from AIM and brokers are better in this industry is doing the right thing matters, helping people matters. Um, you may not see it at the time, but if you do the right thing, things will work out in the end. You know, it's all, it's all about playing the long game in this business uh, and setting up our future. Do, do me a favor. Because we know that you're big into the BAB community, you know, the brokers are better community, not, not a lot of people known as BAB and, and networking. So tell me how you, like, do you have a strategy behind that or how you just, how do you utilize it? Let's just say that. So I guess one of the biggest things is, you know, I, I one of, one of my leeways into, into BAB was actually these podcasts. Um, I started listening to a couple of these podcasts. JP Hussey did them in the very beginning. And obviously they were in person, which was even cooler. But like I started listening to a couple podcasts, um, Peter Galvez, Todd Bitter, uh, Lisa Lund. Those were some of the first ones I listened to. And that started to kind of single out people who were involved in this community, but also ex experts in their field. And they were always willing to give back. So I started kind of spotlighting those people on Facebook, looking for what they would post, like looking at what their answers would be to questions. And I kind of led it by that. And I, that was my strategy was to, to, okay, start following individuals and then see who they talk to, like who are their friends? Who does Todd Bitter, you know, talk to and correspond with? Um, you know, like views, you guys had panels of people. Uh, I went, my first AIM event was Irvine. Irvine, you guys had some people on uh, on stage, Ryan Eller, uh, Andrew Pollack. Uh, you had uh, one of the uh, one of the directors from UWM on there. Um, those people, you know, Lisa Lund was on there. List, listening to those people, learning from those people, and then just being like a sponge, just being around them uh, and, and seeing what they post and, and the people that they attract is really how I kind of got my foot in the door to, to learning the most I could. You know, I figured, okay, if I can't spend 30, 30 years in the retail business, what's the next best thing? Learn from people who've spent years in the business. You know, learn from people who've had those failures, those struggles. They've learned how to do things differently. They've learned how to serve their consumers better. I'll learn from those people. Those are my professors. I was like taken aback when I started following AIM and like Anthony Casa and you guys did like these sales meetings and I'm like, this stuff is free. Like this stuff is free. Like we used to pay thousands of dollars for training like this for salespeople, for finance people. Like this shit is free. Like who's not following this stuff? I'll never forget. My old broker was like, look, you know, you need a lot of support. Like I, I get it. You're, you're ready to succeed in this business, but like you need a lot of training. I don't think you should go to retail, but maybe you should look at like, you know, being an LOA or something for somebody. And I'll never forget. I was walking down the stairs, leaving work that day and I felt defeated. And then I look at my cell phone and I had friend requested like a bunch of people, a bunch of brokers, uh, Jamie Cavanaugh, Lisa Lund, Todd Bitter, Anthony Casa. I, I, had, I had friend requested these people and I'm walking down the stairs, you know, woe is me. I'm looking at my phone and like four or five of these awesome brokers accepted my friend request. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is screw being an LOA. I'm going to learn from these people. Like, I don't have to just learn from the people right in front of me. Now with technology, we're connected with people thousands of miles away all over the world. Like we can learn from those people. You know, I started looking at every aspect of my life, everything from the food I put in my body, obviously that helped my recovery 
eating healthy and exercising. Okay, what else can I do? I need to exercise my brain. I used to watch the news in the morning. It doesn't matter what news channel you put on. There's just sad and depressing shit on the news all the time, especially politics or whatever's going on in the world. Okay, great. I'm going to start listening to audiobooks in the morning. Like last year, I listened to 63 audiobooks, wow. everything from Simon Sinek to just, I, I want to control everything I put into my body, into my mind. I can always be a better person. It's a constant thing. I can always be working to improve myself, my business, my branch, uh, everything for my community, as well as my colleagues. You know, I want to give back to others as well. That's that's awesome. Like I love listening to you talk or when you write stuff on social media, you you take the good out of everything. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, we have to learn to do that at times a little bit more. You know, sometimes I always say, you know, with mortgage brokers, whenever there's a change made or something happens, it's like the sky is falling. But really, you know, once we take once we take a step back, and find the good in it, there's silver lining in pretty much everything. So, no, and, and you you spread that word beautifully. And that's the thing, like we all, you know, we look at sometimes the bad things that happen to us, but we forget the good, you know, we forget the other side of it. We forget the glass is always half full. You know, when somebody, a lot of people meet me and they, when they hear my story, they think that brain injury is still sticking around because they think I'm absolutely crazy. You know, when people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And I'm like, I just want you to know something. The leg is actually the least of my problems. They don't make prosthetic brains. Losing my memory was the most tragic thing that happened to me. Luckily, I regained it. But it's typically the things that we can't see that are the most tragic. And so we all have things that have happened to us. We've all been through struggles. They may not be the same as getting in a motorcycle accident and, and you know almost dying, but they're still tragic things. And we've all learned from them. We can't put that underneath. We can't bury that down. We need to talk about those things. That's what makes us real people. That's what makes us amazing people. You know, all these brokers that I've learned from, sure, I've learned that they're excellent mortgage professionals, but I've also learned they're real people. You know, I've learned, sure, Todd Bitter stays up real late at night. I've learned, you know, all these different things about, about different people, but I've learned that it's the person that they are that is the most attractive. Um, and it's how that they apply the mortgage business to their own life that is the most attractive. You know, people say, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. You know what, me too, but guess what? It can always be worse. I could be paralyzed. I could have lost both legs. I could have lost both legs, both arms. I could not be here at all. So ultimately, yeah, it sucks, but you know what? It could always be worse. Right. And so that's just something like the guidelines changing and all this stuff. Guess what? We're brokers. Great. One company changes one guidelines. Cool. I got more. I'll go to those, you know, like that Flagstar deal, you know, Flagstar was a depository. They didn't raise rates as much as all the, the wholesalers did when COVID was really bad. So I switched lenders, you know, so that's just it. We just have to look at, at the good and everything. There's always a positive. Everything is a learning experience. Just like I always say, every, every person in our life is a potential referral partner, whether they work in this business or they just know other homeowners or people that will buy homes at some point in their life. Just the same type of thing. There are always a positive that happens. We need to look at the positive. Um, and that's something that it's a constant, you know, constant process. I'm still, you know, as Joey Francisco will tell you, I'm still working on myself. Um, but at the same time, I know I can help pick other people up and I can support others. Maybe I don't have all the mortgage questions for them, but I can be a friend to them. Um, I can I can be a supporter. I can be I can be a cheerleader in their ring, in their corner. 
um, supporting them in their challenges and their struggles. And if they need a shoulder to cry in, cool, let's talk about it. You know what? There's somebody that's got it worse, though. Just, just don't forget that. Um, that's so, awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's a great view on it. So somebody probably does have it worse and you're right. You know, so many times like, and I just did it, you know, the deal just kind of went sideways and I stayed up late at night, just thinking about it left and right. You know what I mean? But then I forgot about the 42 other people that I helped, you know, two months, you know, it's just like, we, we, we have to remember that, you know, things are going to go wrong. We got it. We also got to celebrate our victories too. So, well, Todd, listen, we have, I mean, Tom, I said, Todd, because you keep bringing up Todd better. <laughs> so, Tom, we have about two minutes left here. So I like to finish this out by saying, you know, from your standpoint, I know you've only been in the business two years, you know, what piece of advice or tip would you love to give our community? You know, I, I want our community to remember it is this community, this very community that matters. It's this very community that sets us apart. You know, we, we kind of look at retail as, you know, the, the problem child of the mortgage industry when retail frames us brokers as the problem child of the industry. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's a history there back in 2008, 2009, when the mortgage industry went through some major changes and challenges. Um, but it is this community that, that matters. And it is why we do this job that matters. And so don't forget that. Don't work on being the expert encyclopedia computer of all the mortgage questions in the world. Well, sure, there's people out there um, that, that want that person. There's a lot more people that are just real humans and they want to see a little bit of a real person on the other side of this. I talk about in, in, in implementing video in things like going over disclosures, like loom videos. Now I'm going to implement loom videos on offers. When my clients submit offers, I'm going to send a video to the listing agent. I want to make this as personal as possible while not having, while not having to be in front of every customer or every realtor. I want to make this as personal as possible because that's what sells. Um, just be real, be authentic, um, not just with your consumers, with your colleagues also. We all, we all fail. We all make mistakes. Not everyone owns up to them and offers solutions. A lot of people offer excuses. Be the opposite. Be the change that you want to see in this industry. Uh, and, and rely on your community. Give back to this community. Even if you're not sure what you can give, just being supportive to the community is enough. And that's what matters. Um, we have strength in numbers. I will put the 12,000 brokers that are in BAB, Brokers Are Better, up against any, any conglomerate mortgage company, Quicken, Wells Fargo, Chase, any of them. Because we have something artificial intelligence doesn't have. We have human hearts and souls. Um, we all have been through different experiences in life that we can bring together and turn into something that can be any machine or any computer out there. Because ultimately, our, our customers are consumers. They're real people too. So we have the closest thing to our consumer and we need to take advantage of that. We need to relate to our customer. We need to show them we're real. Um, you know, Peter Galvez talked about and his brokers are better thing. The guy's doing 50, 100 loans a month. That's not what he talks about. He talks about when he's on a field trip with his daughter, he answers his phone and says, hey, Mr. Customer, can I call you back? I'm on a field trip with my daughter right now. He talks about his family. He could talk about doing 500 loans a year, but that's something that makes him a real person. 
You know, that's what sets us apart. Lisa Lund, I always see pictures with her and Matt's family with their kids, like they're real people. Like that's what sells. That's what customers can get behind. Everybody wants to get behind an underdog. So in a way, compared to the conglomerates, we're somewhat of the underdog. Cool, let's, let's, let's own that. Let's show why we're the underdog because we're real people serving real people, real consumers and families. So lean on this community, lean on this network of professionals that we have and everyone at AIM. They're like the shining knights behind, you know, behind the screens. I mean, any time and every time I need something from AIM, everybody is so responsive and so helpful, led by you and Katie, Mark. I mean, from the top down, it's such an amazing community of people. Um, and I can't thank you guys enough for everything that you do. Uh, and, and so, this community is what matters, and that's what sets us apart. That's what's going to make sure brokers have the future, in, you know, in, in their in their control. Tom, thank you for the kind words. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for being real with us today. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I love these because every time I speak to someone, I always go back and like I'll take a few minutes after we're done here and just kind of reflect. You know, what I mean, and, and definitely this is one. I'm going to go back and reflect on uh, a little bit more. So thank you for sharing your insights with us today. You are amazing. So we're going to, we're going to cut it off here. So brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can listen to all of the broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, and Google podcasts. Do me a favor, please subscribe to it. Please rate our podcast and leave a review. It, it, it means the world to us. It helps, uh, helps us get the podcast out there and spreads the word that brokers are better. And Tom, you do a great job of uh, expressing that for us. And just want to thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Join our Brokers Are Better Facebook group. Be a part of the Brokers Are Better movement by joining the exclusive group for A members and independent mortgage brokers to share best practices, network, and help our community grow. Head over to Facebook and search for Brokers Are Better, select the group, and click to join.